Hello and welcome to the Heart to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 39. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Ismael San Juan. On Friday, March 26, 2021, the NFL goes into a frenzy. The Dolphins straight up trade twice, once with the Eagles, once with the Niners. They go from 3 to 12, back down to 6. We'll break all those trades down, their implications. Also, in the NBA, trade deadline comes and goes. Oladipo to Miami. Orlando Magic clear house. They get rid of Vucevic, Fournier, and Gordon. Also, the Clippers acquire Rondo from Atlanta. We'll break all of that down on this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. What a day. What a Friday in the NFL community. What a day in sports. The Niners move up from 3rd to 12, and it looks like they're going to select a quarterback. They're saying they're not, but we all know you got to take everything that teams say around this time with a grain of salt. The Niners give the Dolphins a 2021 third-round pick, a 2022 first-round pick, and a 2023rd first-round pick to swap their 12th overall pick with their third overall pick. Um, if I had a guess, I would say that the Niners are going to pick a quarterback. They traded a lot of assets. They traded a lot of picks to move up, to get a player. Um, they have a pretty good roster. They didn't do that well last year because of a lot of injuries, a lot of circumstances that prevented the Niners from being an elite team. But I do believe that the Niners are going to pick a team. Um, the Niners did come out and say that Jimmy G is their guy. Um, he does have a no-trade clause. But I think he will waive that because the money on this contract is a lot more than what any team would give him as a free agent. So I believe he's owed $27 million this year, but he only has a $2.8 million cap hit. So the Niners could basically cut him and just get rid of him, and they will owe him almost no to almost no money when you when you think about it. Two point eight to twenty seven, that's not a lot. So if he doesn't want to get traded, if he doesn't waive his um, no trade clause, then the Niners will probably just cut him. Um, so I think it would behoove him to waive it and go to a team that will potentially trade for him, whether it's the Patriots or some other team that needs a quarterback. I don't know how many teams will be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. He's had some good moments, but he has been super injury prone. We all know that he's missed a lot of games the last few seasons. After Terrence ACL last year, he had a lot of nagging injuries. We'll see what they do with Jimmy G, but I I don't believe the Niners when they say that Jimmy G is their guy. I think the Niners moved up, gave up all this draft capital to get one of the quarterbacks that's going to be available at number three. If the Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence, if the Jets end up picking quarterback, who is left there for the Niners. I think they're going to be happy with whoever they get. I think they're just ready to have a franchise, a young franchise quarterback on a rookie deal to max, so that they could maximize the rest of the roster. They could sign people to extensions and not have to worry about the quarterback's cap hit, the quarterback's huge contract. So is it going to be Zach Wilson? He just had an electric pro day today. He was making a lot of great throws Everybody was raving on Twitter. It was blowing up. Um, all these NFL scouts, all these NFL media people with a lot of following were, tr- were tweeting. They were there at the pro day. They were watching it. And those throws were amazing. I'm not going to lie. I saw Sac- I saw a little bit of the Sack Wilson uh, pro, tr- pro-, excuse me, pro day. And he was making a lot of spectacular throws. Um, the pro days, you got to take with the grain of salt because it is people with no pads on throwing to wide open players with no defense. But there was a couple of throws that Zach Wilson did 
throwing crossbody, um, rolling one way, throwing the other, that you were just like, wow. You could even hear the the scouts on the sound bites of those throws that everyone was just amazed. Uh, they couldn't believe what Zach Wilson was putting on display. So is is he going to be available? Um, some some people say that the Jets are going to get Zach Wilson at number two. Um, Trey Lance, is he going to be there? Are they going to? Is that a reach to get Trey Lance at number three? I don't know. Justin Fields, he was the consensus number two quarterback for almost this whole process, and now Justin Fields is slipping in a lot of people's on draft boards. I don't know who the Niners are targeting. Um, it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's going to go number one. And then after that is a toss-up, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. There's a lot of names being thrown around who the Jets would pick or if they would even pick any of those. And then now the Niners get to pick whoever's left at number three. I definitely do think they're drafting a quarterback at number three. I would be shocked. I would be flabbergasted. I would be completely lost for words if the Niners don't end up picking a quarterback, if they get like the best tackle or something on the draft. It would it would be crazy. It would be unprecedented, in my opinion. I think this is this reeks of them getting their franchise quarterback. Um, Shanahan finally will get his guy that he could, you know, help groom and mature with, and you know, have a long, successful career with the Niners. So I think I think that's the plan for the Niners. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's days are numbered with the Niners. I think uh, a might maybe a reunion with. Bill Belichick and New England is in the cards. I know they just resigned um, Cam Newton to a one-year deal, but he didn't look too particularly amazing last year, so they might be in play for Jimmy G. But this trade really kick-started today. It was uh, interesting. It got everybody talking. It was amazing. Now the Niners are number three on this upcoming draft in April, and I'm very excited to see who they pick. It just looks like the NFC West is just going to keep getting better and better. These quarterbacks in the NFC West are super, super talented. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, um, Matthew Stafford, and now whoever the Niners get at number three. Such a competitive division. You need to get players. This this has been one of the best divisions in the NFL, and it looks like it's going to be one of the best ones moving forward. The NFC West is super stacked. Um, The Niners show that they're aggressive. John Lynch shows that they're aggressive moving up to get uh whoever they're gonna get i think it's a quarterback i might be wrong you guys let me know what do you guys think the niners are gonna do was this a good trade should have they just kept jimmy garoppolo and use that number 12 pick on a quality player at number 12 that could help the team maybe on the defense a cornerback or something like that can they still get a cornerback at number three is that who they're getting richard sherman's not coming back i don't know there's a lot of possibilities that the niners could go at number three, but honestly, my gut feeling is that they're going to select the quarterback. And the reason they're telling the media that Jimmy G is their guy is because it's the politically correct thing to do. You know, nothing's for sure yet. Nothing's concrete. So you're going to tell the media that Jimmy G is their guy up until the day that he's not. We'll see when that day comes. Is it on draft day? Is it before that? We'll see. But Niners, I like the trade. Um, I'm, I'm a resident, um, of California, so I could be, uh, you know, I could be one of those fans that sees, uh, whoever they draft in person. So we'll see what they do, but I'm excited for the Niners. 49er fans should be excited. It looks like a franchise quarterback is coming your way, but not to be outdone. 
not to be left in the dust. The Dolphins, a lot of people were saying, what are they doing moving all the way to 12? Does this mean Garoppolo? I mean, does this mean Tua is their quarterback of their future? But after trading with the Niners to go up to 12, the Dolphins move back up to 6. Trading with the Eagles, the Eagles give up their number 6 and their number 156 pick in the third round this year. And the Dolphins give up their number 12, their 123rd pick, and a 2022 first-round pick to move up to number 6. So the Dolphins were just very active today. Um, the Eagles wanted Zach Wilson at number three, but that's the only player that they wanted. They didn't know if he was going to be available. Um, there's a lot of rumors saying the Jets are going to take him. So the Eagles, when they saw that the Niners move up to three, it, it became even more of a pipe dream that he Zach Wilson was going to be there at number six. So they decided to move down, trade with the Dolphins, get some picks, build their draft capital, um, see what Jalen Hurts could do maybe for a year or two, maybe try again next year if they're still picking high. It looks like the Eagles are not going to draft a quarterback this year. It looks like there's going to be a QB run at the beginning of the draft. So by number 12, the Eagles might not have a pick, might not have a quarterback to select from. And the Dolphins move back up to six. When they move down to 12, the same things that are being said about Jalen Hurts, like, oh, they're going to commit to him. They're going to give him a shot. They're not going to draft a quarterback. Were being said about Tua um, when the Dolphins were at number 12. Like, oh, at number 12, the Dolphins are not going to have um, a lot of quarterbacks to choose from. This looks like the Dolphins are going to be set with Tua for at least this year. But now they move up to six. Is there going to be a quarterback available for number six? Should Tua still be worried? I know if you're Tua, you're probably excited when the Dolphins move down to 12. You're like, all right, this is, this is my team. Um, Fitzpatrick is not here no more. Brissett got brought in, but now he's he's gonna be the backup. I'm gonna be the starter. And number twelve, they're not really gonna pick a quarterback. But now they move up to number six again. Could they select a quarterback at number six? They drafted to a number five last year. Are they gonna pick another quarterback number six? I don't think so. I think if the Dolphins were gonna pass on Tua, if they're gonna move away from Tua, they were gonna pick someone at three. Um, that's where the elite quarterbacks are gonna be chosen in the first three, four spots. Now it looks like, even though they moved up to six, it does look like the Dolphins are going to stay with Tua, in my opinion. Um, I think now this means they're they're trying to get the best wide receiver on draft day. They're trying to get an elite wide receiver prospect. But with all these trades, the Dolphins still have a lot of draft capital going into the next years. In the first, Just in the first three rounds alone, in the next three years, um, including this one, they have two firsts this year, two seconds this year, and a third. In 2022, they have a first, a second, and two thirds. And in 2023, they have two firsts, one second, and one third. So there's a lot of draft capital for the Dolphins. A lot of this being brought by the Jeremy Tunsil trade. That looks like an amazing move. The Texans basically helped the Dolphins rebuild with one trade. So we'll see what Brian Flores and the Dolphins do. I think this is a good trade. I, I like the first trade more than I like the second. I think... Uh, they could have maybe gotten a similar player at number 12 than, than at number 6 if they're not selecting a quarterback. Maybe maybe they're going wide receiver. That's what I would think that they're getting. Tua needs weapons. Whoever the quarterback is for the Dolphins needs weapons. So I do think that maybe they get Chase. Maybe they get somebody else. But at number 6, it looks like the Dolphins are moving up to get a, a weapon. I don't blame them. The 
They did get a uh, Fuller, and he's going to be a nice weapon, but that's not enough. You got to stack the deck. Parker, Fuller, maybe another wide receiver picked at number six. That should really help their talent, their uh, their skill set players. But it was just a frenzy this year with trades. I mean, this day, this Friday, the Eagles moving up to 12. Um, I think since there's going to be a large quarterback run at number 12, the Eagles could probably select a wide receiver as well. There's going to be a lot of good players at 12 because there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be selected early. So the rest of the positions, a lot of the good talents getting pushed back. So I think it's a good trade for the Eagles. Once they saw that Zach Wilson was probably not going to be available to them since the Niners moved up, then it, it made sense for the Eagles to just move back down and get more draft capital. And for the Dolphins... If they have their eyes set on, you know, one particular wide receiver, then this makes sense. If they really fell in love with someone like, let's say, Chase, then it makes sense for them to move up to six. They want their guy. They want their weapon. They fell in love with him, you know. Or it could signify that they're still in the market for a quarterback. And for some reason, if the quarterback they want falls, slips a little bit from the first three teams that are picking, the Dolphins will be in prime position at number six to still swoop them up. So not a bad trade overall for the Dolphins either side. The Dolphins, at the end of the day, they went from three to six, and they got a first and a third. And they, they could still have the opportunity to select one of the better quarterbacks at number six if they don't trust Tua. And if they do trust Tua, if, if the quarterbacks that they wanted are picked by number six, then they're in prime position to get the best wide receiver in the draft or whoever they think is the best wide receiver in the draft or, you know, just best available at number six. So it's a good trade for both teams. Interesting day in the NFL. I hope there's, I hope there's more trades leading up to the draft. Um, Trades are very interesting. Uh, This made my day talking about these two teams, hitting up the group chats, hitting up the boys, talking about the trades, talking about the scenarios. And now I'm trying to see what the Niners do with Jimmy Garoppolo where is he going to land? Is is he, is it inevitable that he ends up with the Patriots? Are, are the Dolphins... It was, it was a roller coaster of emotions because it felt like the Dolphins were committed to Tua and now they're back to six. Are they still committed to Tua? Can they get a quarterback at number six? At the same time, Zach Wilson's pro day was going on. It was a very entertaining day, but that was it. You know, broke it down for you guys. Uh, let me know what you guys think the Niners are going to do at number three. Let me know what you guys think the Dolphins are going to do at number six. But this was very, it was an entertaining day because just yesterday it was NBA trade deadline. And it felt like today the NFL was like, all right, you guys busted a lot of trades. You guys got all the media attention. Let's do a couple of trades ourselves and get that attention right back into the NFL. But the NBA trade deadline came and went. And uh, the Orlando Magic basically cleaned house. They got rid of all their talented players. Vucevic is gone to the Bulls. Gordon's with the Nuggets. Fournier goes to the Celtics. The Orlando Magic are hitting the reset button again. They're going to build their team again with uh, Jonathan Isaac, Fultz, and whoever they get this year with this 2021 draft pick. It looks like they're just going to tank. They completely depleted that team. That team is going to be atrocious the rest of the season. I would be very surprised if Orlando wins more than like six six games remain in their whole remaining schedule. They completely tore that team apart. They're going to tank. They're going to build with Jonathan Isaac and Folds. 
hopefully Foles comes back strong. He had a pretty good start to the season, and I was happy to see him progress as a player. And unfortunately, he got hurt. He's out for the season, but we'll see how he returns. But the trades, Vucevic goes to the Bulls. Aaron Gordon goes to the Nuggets. Evan Fournier goes to the Celtics. Um, the trades were Wendell Carter, Otto Potter, 2021 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick for Vucevic and Aminu. The Evan Fournier trade, two second-round picks, and Jeff Teague for Fournier. And the Aaron Gordon trade, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, 2025 first-round pick for Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. So basically out of all of this, out of trading their three best players, the Magic get Wendell Carter, Young player, you know, he still has some upside. We'll see how he does with Orlando. Otto Porter, a veteran with a huge contract, um, didn't live up to that contract. Um, he's not that, he's still young, but he's not that young where you're very excited about his potential. He's going to be a solid scorer. We'll see what they do with him. 2021 first round pick, 2023 first round pick. Um, it looks like the Bulls are going to make the playoffs, so I don't know how valuable those are going to be. Um, two second round picks for Teague. I mean, Antique for Fournier. Teague is going to get waived or already got waived. And then second round, two second round picks. We'll see if they could hit on any of those, but their second round picks basically worthless in the NBA. Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 first round pick for Aaron Gordon. Gary Harris, um, I'm, I actually have been a big fan of Gary Harris. He's a good defensive player. He has shown flashes of being able to be a good 3 and D player. Struggled this year, hasn't been putting up that many points, um, has been hurt too. So we'll see how, uh, which version of Gary Harry they get. RJ Hampton, a rookie, not really getting a lot of minutes. We'll see what they get with that. And a 2025 first-round pick. The Nuggets should be here for a while. They should be contending, or at least in the upper ranks of the West for a while. Um, what's it called? Jokic is still healthy. They get Aaron Gordon. He's still healthy and young. Jokic is still young. Murray's still young. So in 2025, four years from now, they should still be, you know, one of the better teams in the West. So uh, how good is that first round pick going to be? And it's so far down the future, it, it kind of loses value too. So did they really get a haul? Did they get a lot of picks? Did they get a lot of capital for the three players that they gave up? Not really. But I think Orlando was fine with that. They kind of knew they weren't going anywhere with these three players anyway. They're just going to be stuck in purgatory, basically. Those slots in the East where you consistently make the playoffs, but yet you're not a contending team. You know, you can make the playoffs in the East as a sub-500 team, which is crazy. Like, the NBA needs to do something about that, but that's a different topic for a different time. But the Magic were basically stuck in that hole that you don't want to be in, basically. You're a team that has no direction. You're not one of the contending teams you're not a team that's really having a down year. You're pretty much playing up to your talent. See, like, so there's not potential. There's not really a lot of things to get excited about. Like, at least the Celtics. I think about the Celtics this year. They're like the eighth and ninth seed. But you know, it's kind of down year. All right. Um, if we get hot, we can make some noise. We still got Brown. We still got Tatum. We got Brad Stevens, one of the best coaches. With the Magic, is like, all right, we're the 8th seed, we're the 7th seed, whatever they end up or however they ended up the last few years. But that's it. That's that's realistically our cap. Like, we're not going to go higher. We're not a threat. Um, we're not one of the worst teams. We're not tanking. Like, so what direction are we really going? We're just stuck in the middle. We're not a team that's progressing. We're not a team that's going to get a free agent to take us 
to the next step. And we're not tanking. We have good enough players to, you know, keep us right there where we're at and not get an elite draft pick to help the team out. So they're pretty much stuck. So they they chose to unstuck themselves and just tank, get rid of their best three players and go from there. I don't blame them for that. You know, sometimes you got to do that. And it takes it takes cojones to, to admit that you're not going anywhere. Just hit the reset. But for the Magic fans, I feel for you guys. You guys have been hitting the reset button for a while since um, since Shaq left, since Howard left. Now, you know, Vucevic leaves, two-time All-Star. He's maturing into a great player, especially these last years. Aaron Gordon, a lot of promise that never really fulfilled. Evan Fournier, they signed him on, like, pretty good contract. Decent player. He moves on, too. But we'll see. We'll see if they're able to rebuild. We'll see if we look back at this and it was like, all right, you know what? Good decision for the Magic. You guys pulled the plug and now you guys built your way back up from the bottom. And that was the best thing you could have done. We'll see who they get with this pick this upcoming year. They're going to tank, so it should be a very high pick. We'll see what they do. Jonathan Isaac, he's he's a specimen. He, he could be a unicorn in the league. Folds. He was supposed to be one of the best guards in the league. Started off slow, was getting better, got hurt. We'll see how they do. Good luck to the Magic, but good luck to these other teams too. I think these teams that got these players from the Magic are also making the right decisions. Gordon goes to the Nuggets. That one's probably the most intriguing one. He's going to play with Jokic. Jokic is an amazing player. Probably the best center in the league, or second best now that Embiid is playing amazing too. But Gordon to the Nuggets, I think... With the environment that the Nuggets are going to present to him, he might be able to fulfill all his potential. He's a tweener. He's not really a small forward. He's kind of small for a power forward. What is he really? He doesn't shoot the three ball that well to be a stretch. He's a tweener, but tweeners have, you know, gotten more attention these last few years since the NBA is going into a smaller small ball. So we'll see if the Nuggets are able to fulfill his potential. I'm a very big fan of Gordon. I think he should have won those dunk contests. But, that's a, again, that's a topic for another video. That's a topic for another episode. But I think uh, the Nuggets didn't really give up a lot to get Gordon. And Gordon has a lot of potential still. Um, playing to jo next to Jokic should be very interesting. Uh, the Nuggets are now one of the most fun, entertaining teams to watch. Even more now with Gordon. Um, I can't wait to see Jokic lob some passes to Gordon. We're going to see some real highlight stuff from the Nuggets. So if you guys have time, make sure to watch the Nuggets. And I'm happy for Zach Levine. Zach Levine, one of the most underrated players in the NBA, finally got an NBA All-Star to his name this year. And he gets a he gets an All-Star teammate in Vucevic. Um, Zach Levine will be a free agent in 2022. So I think the Bulls know that. Obviously, they know that. That's why they trade for Vucevic. They're trying to show to Zach Levine that, hey, we're not content. We want to get some players to help you out. Let's see what we could do. Um, and I think it's I think this one's pretty entertaining too, because Vucevic, he could stretch the he could stretch the floor. He could get his points inside outside. Zach Levine obviously could score from anywhere. He's a great slasher. He's super athletic. When he's hot from three point, he could score from anywhere. He could pull up from 30. So I'm excited to see those Zach Levine and Vucevic pick and rolls, pick and pops, all of that kind. Um the Bulls have two all-stars. For the first time in what seems like a while. Two offensive All-Stars too. This is going to be fun. I'm excited to see how the Bulls 
finish the season. I think they're going to climb up the rankings. Vucevic is going to make a big impact for Zach Levine. And I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be excited. The East looks like they're getting better now. Um, I'm excited to see how the Bulls um, gel with this new All-Star that they're getting. But I'm the most excited for Zach Levine, you know. He got a lot of slack when he was with Minnesota saying he was like the reason they weren't that good. You know, they're trying to give all the credit to Wiggins and um, Cat. And, you know, Zach Levine was the scapegoat kind of, it seemed like, early on. But now he's the guy for the Bulls and he gets an all-star teammate. So I'm excited to see what they could um, accomplish over there with the Bulls. Obviously, this doesn't make them contenders. This doesn't make the Bulls, you know, a threat in the East. But it's getting them closer if they show promise, if they, you know, have a competitive playoff push, then maybe they could get a free agent this offseason, Zach Levine, Vucevic, and another prime free agent. Then we could be talking about the Bulls next year, maybe being contenders, being up in the East standings again. But all around, the Magic getting rid of all their players really was intriguing. It was entertaining. And it makes the Nuggets a more serious contender. Um, I mean, Gordon also doesn't move the needle that much, but he has the potential to, so just keep an eye on for it. And Zach Levine with Vucevic, at the very least, is going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun. It's going to make the Bulls a better team. And now we, and now the Magic get get a direction. They know what they're doing. They're tanking, and they're building for the future, and we'll see how that goes for them. But that was entertaining. But another, just speaking on the Orlando players, another Ex-Orlando player got traded. The Miami Heat trade for Oladipo. Miami trades away Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and the 2022 first-round swap rights for Oladipo. They basically gave up nothing to get him. Now the Miami Heat have Oladipo, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Buckets, the G stands for Gets, who has been playing amazing these last couple months. He's an amazing player. So the Heat get Oladipo... How good of a player is Oladipo? That's the real question. How much does he have left in the tank? He's still 28 years old. He's been in the league for eight years now. He turns 29 in May. Um, he was on his way to stardom before he got hurt. That 20, I'll never forget that 2018 first round matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oladipo was tied 2-2 with them. It looked like they were going to go up 3-2. But... Um, LeBron James blocks the shot by Oladipo. I, I believe there was like less than a minute left. Um, game was tied. Oladipo drives past LeBron James, hits the backboard. LeBron James blocks it. Should have been a goal 10. Doesn't get called. LeBron James and the Cavaliers end up winning that game. And then the Pacers and Oladipo win game six to force a game seven. And in game seven, they can't get it done. LeBron James moves on. Um, and the rest, you know, the rest is history. But if they win that game five, I mean, there's no guaranteeing that they that they also win game six again. But now they have two chances to close out that series. But, you know, what? those are all ifs. But that series really made me like, whoa, Oladipo is here, man. Like, he's not the Orlando Magic Oladipo. He's not the Thunder Oladipo. This is a different Oladipo with the Pacers. This is his team. It kind of felt like when... Um, when PG-13, when Paul, Paul George with, was with the Pacers and he had a, a, a real sick series, sick-ass series against the Heat. 
and we were like, okay, Paul George is here. Like this is this is his team. He's gonna be another like mainstay in the East, and he's gonna compete against LeBron in the East for a while. And you know he kind of did with the Pacers for like two three years. That's how it felt like for Oladipo in 2018. I was like, damn, I'm excited to see this guy just keep getting better with the Pacers, just turn into a dog. Like there, he was fearless. Like there was a lot of times where the the Pacers would just give him the ball. Oladipo would retreat to almost half half court. Everyone would just be in their corners, and Oladipo would just, you know, pick up ahead of steam, and run at his defender. He will either like hesitate, keep running, get to the rim, or he would just pop pop a three pointer in his defender's face after running super fast. It was it was so entertaining. If you guys haven't watched Oladipo versus the Cavaliers in 2018 in the first round. Make sure to go to YouTube or something. Watch those highlights. He was he was a dog. He was a monster. And I was very excited for him. And unfortunately, well, he, he did start off the 2019 season super hot. He was, it looked like he was, you know, going to take that step. He tears his quad in January of 2019. And, you know, he was, all, he was out for like a year. Returned last year. Wasn't the same. And then he got traded for the Rockets. And now he's with the Heat. So how much does he have left? Uh, I mean, he's still averaging around 20 points, even with the Rockets, who haven't, like, they've won one game in their last, like, 23 attempts, I believe. But he's turning 29. He's had a big injury. He's, he. I mean, how much potential does he have left at 29? Um, not too much. Can he at least get back to the level he once showed? Maybe. But with the Heat, he's not going to be the main guy. He's not even going to be the second guy. Some nights he might not even be the third guy with Tyler Hero. So I think it's a good trade for the Miami Heat. He definitely makes their team better. He's not a bad player. He has been a first-team all-defensive player. He he has been a most-improved player. So, hey, who's to say he doesn't, you know, finish this year strong and get most-improved again or finish, you know, do all right this season, and next year he takes that step again. He, he, he turns into the old Oladipo, and he gets another most-improved. It was rumored he is on an expiring contract. But it was rumored that he was going to sign with the Heat anyways. Now the Heat kind of trade away some lowly pieces, some players that they weren't really using, they weren't, they didn't really need. And they get Oladipo. And now they get to do a trial run. And they get to see if they want to keep him past this season. But I think it was a good trade for the Miami Heat. Um, Spolstra is still one of the best coaches in the NBA. So I'm, I know he's going to get the best at Oladipo. He's going to run the best sets for him. So I'm excited. I think it's a good trade for the Heat. For the Rockets, I mean, I don't I don't understand what they're doing. They basically gave away Harden for a bunch of pick swaps that are going to be at the end of the draft. And we all know the NBA draft is super top heavy. Every year there's only like four, five quality players that you could, that will really like swing the needle in your direction, if that. So if you're getting pick swaps at the end of the season, I mean, at the end of the draft, you're getting a bunch of, like, players that are just journeymen. I have no idea what the Rockets are doing. If you're a Rocket fan, I feel for you. So close for so many years, and now you look like you're so, so far away. But that's the nature of the NBA. Um, you got to get it when you're close because things could change so quickly. I know, like, that's why I always, I, I could never hate on the team that pushes their chips in to the table because just like that, like, hey, I'm pretty sure Rocket fans thought that we're going to be contenders or 
at least a good team for a long, long time. Even last season, they were like, okay, we got Harden, we got Westbrook. Now they got nobody. They don't have LeBert. They don't have Allen. They don't have Oladipo. They just have a lot of no-name players. They have Wood and Wall, and we'll see where that gets them. But I just don't understand what they're doing right now. And um, I'm I'm excited to see the Heat. I'm excited to see what they could do. It's definitely a, a big three. I don't know how big Oladipo still is, but... Jimmy G is, you know, quietly an MVP candidate. We all know what Bam Adebayo could do. And now we'll see what version of Oladipo they get. All around, I think it's a good trade for the Miami Heat. They're not giving up too much for him. We'll see, they get to see if they want to sign him. And overall, great trade for the Heat. Um, I'm going to give them pretty much an A for this trade. And the Rockets, what are you guys doing? And to round... To round out this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast, the Clippers acquire Ray John Rondo from Atlanta. Um, straight swap Rondo for Lou Williams. Lou Williams was somewhat of a surplus for the Clippers. They have two of the best scorers in the NBA. Two of the two 3 and D players. Well, not 3 and D. That's kind of insulting to Kawhi and PG. But they got two of the best scorers, PG and Kawhi. They have other players that could score and now they looked at Lou Williams as a surplus Ray John Rondo comes to the Clippers if you guys don't remember Ray John Rondo was rumored to be a target for the Clippers in the offseason but Ray John Rondo wanted a two-year contract and the Clippers did not want to guarantee him that second year so he ended up sending signing with Atlanta getting that second year getting that guaranteed money getting that probably his last payout and now the Clippers you know they look at the roster. They know they need a playmaker. Everyone can see it. Everyone's talking about it since the offseason. Now we're past the halfway season. And they still need a playmaker. They they looked at the roster. They're like, hey, we, we need a playmaker. They trade for Rondo. Um, Rondo hasn't been playing the best with Atlanta. He's been injured. There's not a lot of minutes to go by there. But we all know what Rondo could do in the playoffs. Um, he's shown it time and time again with the Celtics, with the Bulls. With the Pelicans, last year with the Lakers, playoff Rondo is definitely a thing. He turns it up in the playoffs. He goes back into his old Rondo. He's an extremely skilled passer of the ball. I think that's never going to go away. Rondo could, you know, all his talents could deteriorate. His shooting could get worse. His uh, his um, free throws could get worse. He could lose his athleticism. I think Rondo will always be a good playmaker. He's always going to be good for some assists. And that's what the Clippers needed. And they looked at Lou Williams and they saw him as a defensive liability, as a player that could get buckets, that could close out games for you. But you have two closers, theoretically, in PG-13 and Kawhi. I know they've gone cold. I know they got in their fair share of slack because of how they got eliminated from the playoffs last year. But now that puts more pressure on them. And I think they're up to the challenge. And Rondo is the playmaker that they need. And I'm excited. I'm I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a, everyone knows that I'm a Laker fan. So I'm obviously rooting for the Lakers to win. But I want a good matchup. I want the Clippers at their best. I want the Lakers at the best. If if it, if we were to see a Clippers versus Lakers um, matchup in the playoffs, and I think Rondo does make the Clippers better. I think uh, this gets rid. This definitely fills one of their needs. 
Everyone everyone could see it. They need a playmaker. They need someone that could control the pace of the game, that could take the ball off PG and uh, Kawhi. And now they have one. We'll see how good he plays with them. Um, even if he doesn't play that well in the regular season, I am very confident to say that Ray John Rondo is going to turn it up in the playoffs. It's kind of sad to see him with the Clippers after he was a Laker, after he won a championship with the Lakers. But that's just the nature of the sport, of the business. You know, there's really no loyalty. I mean, you do see loyalty in players, but once you become a journeyman, once you're just signing for teams, hey, you're getting paid, you're signing the contract, and the other team lets you go. So they let you go for a reason. You're, you could sign with whoever you want. Um, I know a lot of Clipper fans are sad to see Lou Williams he was one of those players that helped maintain the Clippers in relevancy once they got rid of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. He was the one that was like, hey, we're not going to be a tanking team. We're going to continue to fight and, you know, try to make the playoffs and make the playoffs and compete against the Warriors. He kept the Clippers as a prime destination. He's probably what made, you know, Kawhi and PG look at the Clippers as a as still contending teams. Him and Beverly and other players really kept that Clippers you know, locker room kept that Clipper mentality, make them, you know, tough. But now he's gone. I feel bad for Lou Williams. He's a great player. It's one of the best six men all time. Might be the best six men ever. And he's never really had a chance to compete to win a championship. Last year looked like it was going to be the Clippers. I'm pretty sure he was excited running back with the Clippers. Now he goes to Atlanta. They're not really, they're going to make the playoffs probably. It looks like they are this year. But they're not really a threat in the East. So, how many years does Lou Williams have to get that ring? I don't know. But overall, decent trade for the Clippers. Lou Williams was somewhat of a surplus. And they get Rondo. And Rondo, like like I said, he hasn't been the best version of himself this year. But they don't need the best version of him. They just need a great playmaker. And I think Rondo still has it. So we'll see how he does with the Clippers. You guys let me know if you think this was a good trade for the Clippers. Should they have gone after somebody else? Was this the only move that they could have made? They're kind of tired. They can't really do a lot of moves because of, you know, the cap implications. But let me know if if Rondo to the Clippers was a good trade or if there was another move the Clippers could have made. This should wrap it up. This should be it for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'll see what happens over the weekend i'll probably make an episode on monday to talk about everything that happened over the weekend so yeah thank you so much you guys make sure to subscribe to the podcast and have a great one